Well, it is good to be here with you. Amen. I love hanging out with God's people. This is the best place to recharge, is it not? Does anybody know this uh, Nintendo game called the Wii? It has this little controller. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever owned this thing, those little controllers are pretty sensitive. Last night we were trying to play. My wife gets really competitive. She just tries to destroy me. And my batteries kept like just dislodging out of this little controller. And I kept thinking, aren't you so glad that God's presence never dislodges from us? And all of a sudden we find ourselves disconnected and weak. And then Jana crushes me. No, we are so excited to know we have a God that always stays connected. Amen. He's like the Duracell bunny that just doesn't even have an ending. Amen. He is the best. He's always connected, always with us. There's never a moment that no matter what you're going through, all of a sudden it's like, where's the Lord? Where is the Lord? Do you ever feel like you've had that kind of moment? Lord, where are you? Of course you had. You've had that moment. And guess what? He's always there. Amen. He is the most reliable. And that's why we're going to look at Jeremiah 1 today. Now I do want to do, uh, give you a little caveat uh, if you were here last Sunday, you know that in my house we've been fighting this leaking uh, pipe out on our patio closet. Do you remember me telling you that? I hate that patio. <laughs> you know what I don't like about this patio? It's the battle zone. It's the battle zone where not only am I fighting leaking pipes, but I'm also fighting geckos from moving into that patio closet. I'm also fighting ants from finding the moisture from the leaking pipes. I'm also fighting the dust that blows in from Red Rock. I'm also fighting pigeons that want to move on to that patio. So let me tell you, I hate going on that patio. It is not for me. If I could seal it in, I would. But the reason I mention that is, one of, you know, everybody in life, we have weaknesses. Do we not? Do you have a weakness? Do you know your weakness? Has it ever been displayed before? And you thought, oh, that's my weak spot. My weak spot is dust. I cannot, anybody else can't take dust? When I did my little allergy test, the dust was the worst. In fact, when they did the test, I thought, that must mean I don't belong on earth. <laughs> I'm meant for another planet. That's okay. I'm, I'm heaven bound, amen? Where probably, I would imagine, dust is nowhere to be found, praise God. But... After spending that week on the patio fighting and getting everything reorganized, my nose and my throat took a tumble. So, let's just pray. Lord, let me get through this without the tickle or the drips. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I come prepared, though. I have my little tissue and my halls. But anyways, we'll get through this, okay? Because this is a good word from Jeremiah. Oh, I should say last caveat too. Why am I dressed like this? You might think Coco Chanel picked this outfit today. Black, white, contrast. No, actually Coco Chanel called and I have to go into work after. It's all right. I have my jacket and my tie in there and I'm sorry that uh, usually I'm off on Sundays. That's my job at the hotel. I, uh, I work at Chanel and uh, all of a sudden they need me tonight just like they did last week. But uh, it's one of those things. Praise God. We can stay busy, though. <laughs> it's good to work. Well, I might as well, while I can. I'm, I just keep busy. But let's go ahead and look at Jeremiah 1. The words of Jeremiah, 
son of Hilkiah, one of the priests of Anathoth, in the territory of Benjamin, the word of the Lord came. And that's going to be the title of our sermon today. The word of the Lord came to him through the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem were in exile. Now this is where it gets interesting. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah said, I'm ready for the job. Think of me. I'm your man. I'm your guy. Whatever you want, I'm here for you. Use me, Lord. Is that what he said? <laughs> it wasn't even close. I might have taken some liberty there. Ah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child, Jeremiah says. That doesn't sound like a positive response to when the Lord calls him, does it? But the Lord said to him, Do not say, I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over the nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a boiling pot tilting away from the north, I answered. The Lord said to me, From the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all of the peoples of the northern kingdoms, decried the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgment on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me. May we never forsake the Lord. Amen? Now I lost my place. Why did I do that? <laughs> I'm going to go back to, I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me. In burning incense to other gods, may we never put anything before God. Amen? And sometimes we're tempted. Okay, don't let me do that again. And in worshiping what their hands had made. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you for I am with you and will rescue you. Guess what? Declares the Lord. I think when the Lord declares something, that means something. Amen? Amen? Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for Jeremiah 1. May we be changed, transformed, believe 
in what you decree, and may we always serve you first and foremost. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know what's interesting about this time in Jeremiah's life? And we've all gone through this, have we not? Where, you know, anybody here like when things go nice and smooth? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If you've ever been to San Francisco, there's lots of hills, lots of curves, lots of twists, lots of turns. Have you ever tried to park in San Francisco? Anybody ever do that? And you think, oh, this is the place to remember the parking brake and turn the wheel into that curb because this car can just like pew, bolt down the hill if you just don't uh, take care of it. But I'll tell you, one time I remember when, we, when our kids were smaller, I kept thinking, I can hardly wait to show them Lombard Street. Anybody know what Lombard Street is? It's the craziest street in America. That street, when you get to the top, you look down, and it goes just like a ski course. Again and again, twist and turn and curve and curve. And that is the reality of life, is it not? We like to think, ooh, I would love to just go smoothly straight down, so nice and easy. In the case of Lombard, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this way. Do you ever feel like life does that with you? No, I'm going this way. Oh my goodness, what is happening? I was looking for smoother days. Amen? And sometimes life just takes you in all the wrong directions. Am I wrong? So let's talk about this morning. My wife says, she's going to drive. I said, don't worry. I'm going to drive, hon. You just sit. You're my, you're my guest. I'm like Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast. Be my guest. Sit right here. Eat your bread with butter. You know what happened to that bread and butter that she had sitting there? All of a sudden, I had to come to a stop sign. My bag that has my sermon and everything and my Bible and my wallet and everything, my bag starts to flip forward. Like in slow motion, I see Jana turning around to save the bag while leaving the bread and butter up on the top of the, what is that thing called? There you go, dashboard. I'm almost 50, give me a break. So here she is turning around to save the bag and trying. She didn't make it. The bread, she looks behind her. It's almost like that slow motion thing. No. The bread and butter starts to fly. So now we have things going all over the cabin. I see the frustration in her face. And all we could think of is, thank you, Lord. <laughs> We're going to be okay. Amen? It was one of those moments where one stop sign took a twist and turn so quick. And isn't life just like that? Before you know it, it's gone a new direction and you're trying to figure out what just happened. Shoo! butter and bread and books and sermons and blah, blah, blah. Non-stop chaos. But in life, there's always going to be changing directions. Amen? Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. There's going to be twists and turns. So what does Chanel like to say in all of our meetings? They like to say, what's our North Star? What is our direction? What is our focal point? Have you ever seen the North Star out there? I always like to think of the North Star as if you were to look at it, that's pretty much where the entire cosmos start to spin. So that's exactly what we say at work. What is, and what we're trying to do, what's the North Star? Well, what is your North Star now that we think about it this morning? Who is your North Star? 
What could be that North Star? Like Jeremiah, God's word comes calling, does it not? Isn't that what you're doing here today? Did God not come calling to each and every one of you? Why are you sitting here? Was it for the ice cream last week? If that was you, that wasn't the right reason. (laughs) God's word comes calling, amen? And that's what he does. And he came calling to me on a trip to the Philippines. And I remember when I was still just a young guy flirting around with seeing if I was really going to serve God or not. Let me just put my foot halfway in this little door and see if it's for me. I went on a trip with Pastor Dave's brother, John Childers, and we went to the Philippines. And he told me, and has, I, just, I love the guy, he just has the greatest voice. Today we're going to go and pray with a senator. <laughs> he talks that way. He was so cool. And I said, cool, let's go do it, Pastor John. So we went to this little area in this one province, and we sat down with this politician, this official. We prayed with him. We had great time in prayer. And then he said, would you like to pray with the prisoners? They had a prison camp right behind his cool office. Pastor John said, yes. We got out to that field, and they hit the bar with a a piece of wood, and all the prisoners came out. There was about 60 people, probably about as many as people that are sitting here right now in this church. And Pastor John said, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've committed murder. I don't care if you've stolen, robbed, beaten, lied. Today, I offer you Jesus. And anyone that's brave enough to come to Jesus and have a fresh start, you raise your hand now. We were given this authority to do this at this cute little prison. That wasn't so cute at all. It was terrible. But would you believe every single person raised their hand in that prison to receive the Lord and pray the sinner's prayer? And I wrote it down in my Bible and I said, may I never forget this day. I was going to bring that Bible today, but it is in shambles. You would crack up if you saw it. You would think, did this thing get run over by by one of these quads out here in Overton? You would think it did. But I wanted to know that day that I would remember who my North Star is. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. I knew from that day forward I would have to serve Him. God's Word sent Jeremiah on a course or a rendezvous with destiny. Amen? And he didn't naturally want to do it originally. But I tell you, the reason that we are here today, the reason that we are here is because God's Word has come calling into your heart. Amen? He's come calling into your family. There's things the Lord wants to do in your family. There are things the Lord wants to really get forward, forward thought, forward thinking, move forward in grace, mercy, forgiveness, and everything that has to happen in the life of those that He loves. Amen? And your life is also on a rendezvous, hallelujah, with destiny, a godly destiny. And if you fill it out, you stay there, just hang in there. Give the Lord five years of your life, and I promise you, you won't imagine what He'll do. You'll look back on that fifth year, and you will be shocked. And all you can say is, praise God. Praise God. So the first thing I want to mention this morning is this. Regardless of who you are, regardless there is a mighty purpose of the Lord that's in your life. Do you believe it, church? There's a mighty purpose for you. Anybody want to admit and say, I'm not really that impressive. I'm nothing special. 
Sometimes we're our own worst enemy, aren't we? In my household, my daughter's not here, so I'm going to let loose. My daughter might say, I am not pretty. Can you imagine if the Lord agreed with everything we said? Yeah, you're not that great. I'm not that smart. Yeah, you could do a little extra couple semesters at CSN. I'm not that strong. Yeah, you got that right. You're kind of puny. Could you imagine if the Lord was that type of a, a voice in our ears? Because we do that to ourselves all day long. I'm not this. I'm not that. Well, what are you? A child of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Found in His family. Blessed by His cleansing blood. To be a blessing to other people. Hallelujah. The reason that we went to San Francisco on this trip that I mentioned is it was watch training. They give you this movement, but guess what? The, uh, the movement of the watch that houses, uh, you know, runs the time is about the size of a casino chip in 78 little minute parts. So when they get, when I got to the training, there's 78 little parts, and that's actually a small movement. They can get much worse than that. 150 parts, 250 parts. It can get much worse. The one they gave me, 78 minute little parts, all scattered. And what did I have to do? I have to painstakingly, but one by one, put it in the right order. Put it in the right order. If I don't do the right order, it's not going to work. So here I am. You look at it in, in shambles and you can't believe what this thing is about to do. There's like no way this thing is going to keep time, get me to work on time, let me know when it's my lunch break is over. Would you believe once you get that path down the right way, one by one you start creating this little thing, you start putting each piece in its place, just like we're sitting here today, amen? Aren't we a part of what the Lord has going on in this valley? Aren't we a piece of it? We are. So guess what happened? My movement, it's all assembled. I give it a wind. Give it some power. I nudge the little balance. It's alive. This little thing is doing it. And if I did it right and regulated it right, guess what? It won't lose more than four seconds a day. That's not bad for human ingenuity. No battery, no little circuitry. That is not bad. Absolutely amazing. It did what it was supposed to do. So may we in Christ always do what we are supposed to do. Seek out the Lord. Stay in His Word. Pray. And you know what? Sometimes you don't want to. And you know what you do? You tell yourself, shut up in Jesus' name and do it. I tell myself that a lot. Because you know what? The Lord told that to Jeremiah. When He said don't say it, He was basically telling Jeremiah, zip it. No negativity. I will be there with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I tell myself very often, I'm not going to obey you. I'm going to obey God. But I don't feel like worshiping. Be quiet, Ryan, in Jesus' name, and do it. When my daughter was down and gloomy yesterday, we began to pray, we began to worship, and I said, you're not always going to want to do it. But we're going to. Hallelujah. Doing what we're purposed to do. Amen. Praise God. In Scripture, Jeremiah, he had this challenge laid before him. Times were tough. And as I read about it, think about it. Times were tough. Spiritually, morally, politically at this time in Jeremiah 1. Does that not sound like today? Am I wrong? What has changed? A Swiss watchmaker once told me, nothing is new. <laughs> politically, spiritually, morally, 
total disassembled movement scattered everywhere. That's just like today. Godless nations that wanted to rule. Idolatry was rampant. Did you say serving other gods? Serving and putting things before the Lord is what it's written in Jeremiah 1. But then God called one young man. Never underestimate the power of one person that obeys God. It's a powerful thing. When you obey God, guess what? The devil goes, what? I thought I had him. Nope. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, God called one young man with a message, and a lot of people didn't like that message, but Jeremiah responded regardless. There were times that Jeremiah wanted to give up. Ever been you? There are times that he was frustrated. Can you get frustrated? There were times that all of a sudden he thought, I don't think I can endure because he might have wanted to give up just like we do. But guess what? We have the God of all endurance. What did we say about the Duracell bunny? Times a gazillion. The Lord will not give up. Endurance, hallelujah. We have an appointment to bring God's message to lost people, do we not? The lost might be here today. We're here to tell you, if you haven't found anybody, your North Star is Jesus. If you've been looking all the wrong ways, just like it says in Jeremiah, they had so many other things before the Lord. Today's the day to reshuffle that deck, amen, and put Jesus first. He is the reason for the season in your life today. Hallelujah. Purpose. I thank God that just like the prophet Jeremiah, God has a purpose for you. Aren't you excited to know that? Second, I wanted to mention this morning is this. Regardless of your perceived limitations, God doesn't look at you with limitations. He looks at you with unlimited potential. Don't you love that? He looks at you that way. You see yourself limited. He looks at you as unlimited. And you know why? Not because of who you are. Because of who he is. Because of who is behind you. Amen. But Lord, I'm young. But Lord, I can't speak. But Lord, I don't think I'm that great. I don't think I'm the one to go forward for you. I, but Lord, but Lord, zip it. He says, I will be there for you. That's what he told Jeremiah. Things in life are always going to be limited. Amen. But praise God, he is not. So, when we were in San Francisco, we decided on this trip, we would go see our old Bible college. My wife worked at the Bible college. She was a resident director in the girls' dormitory. She, ran, uh, she was an assistant for the, the business professor. Uh, she ran his schedule on and on. It's how we met. I went to the sub-campus in Vegas. We had the, the lady that I paid my tuition to kind of like set us up and meet each other. And we thought, you know what, let's go back and see our campus where we met, how this whole thing started. There'd be no other way in Southern Nevada and in a Northern California gal could meet each other, you know, unless we had this uh, moment in our, time, in our, in our life, the, the Bible college. So guess what? Here we go. We leave down from San Jose. We come over the 17 freeway going towards Santa Cruz. Have you ever been there? Oof, beautiful. We're heading over to Santa Cruz. You see the sign. It says, Bethany University, make a right. You get off on that street. You see the main thing out front that says, Bethany University. You know you're entering the campus. And then we drove in with our kids. And guess what? Closed. You have to be kidding me. We already knew it was. 
We just wanted to see it with our own eyes. Closed. A beautiful Christian university closed due to financial, I'll call it, mismanagement. And guess what? They wanted to sell off the land. They wanted to sell off the property and probably just sell it to any pagan or heathen, you know, what does they call it? Silicon Valley techie company that would put in a meditation center. Whatever it is they wanted to do. And of course, you can't help but stand and look at that campus and think, all the people that were blessed here, all the people that worshipped in the chapel, all the degrees that were given for church ministries, and on and on and on. You have to be kidding me. And then all of a sudden, anger and frustration started to come over me. You have to be kidding me. But then you know what? The Lord put it in perspective. As I stood there with my bride, my son, and my daughter, you know what? This place is still a blessing because of the legacy it left. Even though mismanaged, even though financially collapsed, even though, even though, I could not deny that God had still worked amazing things through it as I stood there with my own family. It's all about perspective. Hallelujah. So very often I wanted to mention that sometimes in life there will be moments that the limitations might overwhelm you, but praise God, you'll have unlimited blessings if you serve God regardless. Amen? Unlimited blessing. Now I have a legacy and a family because of that school, even though it doesn't exist now. It's all right. Pastor Dave urged me to go to that school, and I, I met this beauty. Lovely. Now if she would just keep her bread and her butter <laughs> off of the dashboard, maybe set it in the chair, maybe put it in the lap, on and on. But I love the raw honesty and the humanity in Scripture. God comes calling to Jeremiah, and the first thing out of his mouth is, a, is a, not a statement of strength. It's not a statement of obedience. He says, Lord, oh Lord, I'm way too young. I don't know how to speak. Anybody here not like talking too much? That's a moment to raise your hand because then you don't have to say anything, right? <laughs> well, thank God that the Lord doesn't see us the way we do. In our household, when our kids say something negative about themselves, we say, now tell us five things that are great about yourself. Sometimes I'll limit it to two. Now, what are two amazing things about yourself? But God sees us with love. He sees us with acceptance he sees us with grace and mercy. Thank God he doesn't talk about us the way we might talk about ourselves. And his response to, Mer to Jeremiah really was, don't say it, don't say it. You know when someone is about to say something negative about themselves and you're thinking, don't go there. You might be tempted to say something about yourself. And God is saying, don't say it. Zip it. And then he tells Jeremiah, guess what? You must go. That's not a choice. And he doesn't only just say, you must go. He also says, and don't be afraid. Oh, that's so easy to say, Lord. You don't know what I'm facing. Oh, absolutely, he does. And the reason he says, don't be afraid is why? I am with you. If God's with you, you got a big shot behind you. Amen? Yeah. I am with you. And when things get tough, you know what he says? I will rescue you. Do you need to be rescued? Don't you like to have an anchor? Ooh, hallelujah. A powerful anchor. 
That is God. He is the God that rescues. But I'll tell you this morning, do not worry like Jeremiah about your training, your perceived limitations, your confidence that might be low, your abilities that you might not think are that impressive. You have a God who is calling you, the greatest God of the universe. If he can make Mars, I wish it wasn't so dusty, but if he could make Mars and Jupiter and the galaxy and the universe, That's an impressive moment. His resume is pretty strong. That's not too shabby. But you have an appointment with that same creator. So when challenged by the world, and you might have been challenged recently, when challenged by this world, you just have to reject that lack of confidence and you have to say, you know what, Lord? I am adequate because I have you. I am able because I have you. He is the great I am. Amen? You go try to pull frogs out of the Nile River or hail out of a pure sky. You go try to do any of that. The Lord is able. Amen? If God is with you, this is our third. If God is with you, there's nothing to fear. Anybody here ever dealt with fear in your life? Fear? I started thinking, I think it was Kennedy. I started giving my daughter like Kennedy advice yesterday. I'm like, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Ask not what your mother can do for you, but what dishes you can take to the sink. I started giving her all this advice this week because truly there are so many things that we can be fearful of. But I have to tell you today, when we have the Lord, there's nothing to fear because we serve an amazing God. I have to tell you, the first time I saw Santa Cruz, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. If you've never been there, it's phenomenal. You've probably seen those pictures that they do take of Mars with the robots that we have up there. You don't see much. Looks like Red Rock. Looks like Valley of Fire, maybe. Minus the plants. Minus the wildlife. There's like nothing up there. But when you go to Santa Cruz, oh my goodness. Cliffs and flowers and redwood trees or whatever those are up there. And the most amazing thing, otters, and they're longer than you think they are, is long little skinny dudes just floating on their back, and kelp, and pelicans, and uh, sea lions, and I mean, it's just nonstop. Guess what? Creation. Whoa. This is what the Lord has done. And if the Lord has dressed the earth that way, how much more does he want to dress your life? Amen? How much more beauty would he like to bring to your life instead of devastation? How much more beauty does he want to bring into your habits and things that you do on a daily basis rather than things that hinder you? Amen. But I have to tell you, when you go to Santa Cruz, you're in awe of what the Lord has done. Give the Lord five years of your life, you'll be in awe at what he'll do in your life. Amen. My wife uh, sometimes sings this song, around the house and it goes like this you are great you do miracles so great there was no one else like you isn't that true he is great your life can be the miracle if you just obey if you just listen to that call and obey but what i love most about jeremiah was that he learned to depend upon god Sometimes we want to depend on so many other things, don't we? We run to the medicine cabinet. We run to the phone. We run to wherever it is we run to. And we forget to run to Jesus, first and foremost. 
But we serve an amazing God. Hallelujah. That's the best thing. And that's what Jeremiah really understood. So every time that I want to take things into my own hands, rely on things my own ways, trust in my own strength, trust in my own wit and ability, I remind myself that I was purchased at a price. Amen? And that is the blood of Jesus, and that's what I need to seek first always. One Christian song states it this way, My life is not my own, it all belongs to you. And most people were against Jeremiah. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. They didn't like it. They didn't like the message. It offended them. Don't you find that true today? But they ignored him. They despised him. They threatened him. And Jeremiah had God talking in one ear and the world's hatred filling the other ear. Do you ever feel that way? And he still relied on the Lord. He still relied on God's love. And guess what? The same God that fueled Jeremiah in his ministry is the same God that fuels you. Amen. And the same God who loved Jeremiah is the same God who loves our lives. Hallelujah. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. So the last point this morning is this. If God is with you, then nothing can defeat you. Do you ever feel like life's trying to defeat you? That's the worst feeling, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, the kids, when we were in San Francisco, they really wanted to take that cable car up that California street and go up to Russian Hill. I don't know why they call it Russian Hill. But that cable car, it's kind of cool until you actually get on the incline. <laughs> then, once that thing starts going on the incline, everybody's looking at each other like, ooh, this is a little scary. This is a little steep. But you know what I was thinking? As we get closer to the top, I wasn't thinking, ooh, I can hardly wait to see the view. I can hardly wait to see the bridge. I can hardly wait to save the, see the bay and the boats and Marin County on the other side and the ocean and blah, blah, blah. No, I was thinking, what if this cable breaks? <laughs> I'm sure this cable system was put in in like, I don't know, 1910, 1905. What if that cable's from 1905? Do they oil this thing? Did they change out the cable like every five years or something, I hope? Because if this thing snaps, we're going right down this hill and we're all toast. But I have to say, that cable was strong. It just pulled us up and up and up and up and up. As I think about it, I think God is that mighty cable, amen? And we might not always be comfortable in direction we're going. We might be fearful. We might think, I don't know if I'm ready to serve God that way. <laughs> Sip it in Jesus' name. Just say, Lord, I'm here for you. <laughs> My way is the worst way. I need you anyways, Lord. I keep going my way. This is going to be a nightmare. I want the dream. I want the heavenly dream. I want the heavenly provision. So if you let God be that cable that you need, your cable's not great anyways. Let go of your cable. It's, you're probably sending yourself in the wrong direction anyways with your mouth, your mindset, your habits, everything else. I shouldn't just say you. Me too. I'm dreaming of a latte again. I've already had one today. Just tell myself no. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself no, amen? Nobody. 
But I tell you, sometimes we need to just get rid of our own little dinky cable and have the cable that gives all strength, that pulls us heaven-bound. Hallelujah. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. You know how many lists there are at the wind? People are trying to get their names on all these different lists for this restaurant, that restaurant, this club, that club. They're trying to get their names on so many lists. I just want my name on one list, the Lamb's book of life. And when I get nervous, when fear tries to seize me, I'm reminded that God cannot be defeated. I serve a God who's got a better record than that Floyd Mayweather guy. I met him a couple times. Interesting dude. But I have to tell you, more interesting is God. Hallelujah. Better record. I'm reminded by the truth that God can never be defeated and those that are found in Him cannot be defeated. If you're looking for that behind you, that's the right way to look. He's proven himself over and over again. Truly, and he tells Jeremiah, before you were even formed, I knew you. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be known in Christ? God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah says this, the branch of an almond tree. And God says, that's right. Why an almond tree? I love almonds, by the way. Do you like almonds? Hmm, yum. He says, Correct, you did see an almond tree. I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. That's what the Lord says, because the almond tree is the first to blossom. It's the first hope of spring, and it always shows that new life is coming. May we be just like that, amen? Hallelujah. So as we finish today, I just wanted to mention this. We finished with the trip. We're on our way back to the airport. Off-site car rentals, of course, so you have to get a shuttle over to the airport. We get into the airport, turn in our car, the whole thing, and little Ryan, what does he say? I forgot my phone! I forgot my phone! It's in the car, in the car rental! I'm trying to call, I'm trying to call, I'm thinking, please, someone just, someone do me a favor and just pick up and let me know that, that you're getting this call so we know the phone is there. No one's picking up. How do you think the Lord would feel if He's calling your heart nonstop every single week and no one's there to say, yes, Lord? How do you think He would feel when He's putting out those messages nonstop? Love, hope, healing, deliverance, and it goes unanswered. It wasn't a good feeling when I couldn't get anybody on the phone for my son's missing phone. But what about when our life is missing and needs to be found in Christ and that call goes unanswered? We need to obey, amen? We need to respond because His Word does come calling. We don't want to be one that doesn't answer. We don't want to be that guy, do we? We want to be the person that obeys and listens and says, Yes, Lord, what can I do for you? I'm here. I don't feel like I got it all together. He doesn't need you to. Because He's the one that's going to do the work anyways to make the changes. Hallelujah. But how do you think he feels when he goes calling and it goes unres uh, unresponded? Or the heartbreak when he places a call on our heart and it goes unanswered? Well, I just wanted to mention that if that's what happens, guess what he'll do? He will chase you. Do you believe me? He will track you down and chase you. And he did that to me for years. I tried to push him back. I'm not ready. Call unanswered. Call unanswered. Call unanswered. But he's the God that loved me so much, he's going to chase me down. And he did. I tell my kids the same thing. If you don't serve the Lord when you're older, guess what? 
He's not going to let you go. He knows who belongs to him, and he will make sure. <laughs> he will make a way. Hallelujah. So that's exactly what Jana did. You know what she did? She left that airport and said, I'm going to save the phone. She took off like a hunter. Thank God she married a husband that loves to be to airports early. She had enough time to get back, find it, get back. We made our flight. My son, now that uh, he sometimes will send me texts, and he always likes to see that I read them. Like, did you see that text I sent you? See that text I sent you? Because he wants to see the nice things that he writes me. I think it's really cute. He likes to verify. And the last one said something like, Dad, thank you for giving us such an amazing life. And he wanted to make sure I got it. It didn't go unanswered, amen? Don't do that to the Lord. Why would we do that to the Lord? Why? We don't want to break his heart, do we? He's a good father. He's a good father. I imagine the Lord just as happy, waiting for his loved ones to respond on a daily basis, amen? Because he has a purpose for every single one of us. He sees, he knows, he sees the amazing potential. You do have potential. I don't care what anybody says. There's a lot of negative people in this world that you might have already come in contact with and they've brought you down, dragged you down, beat you down with words. The Father in heaven never will. He sees unlimited potential and with him there's nothing to fear. And even if you feel, feel fearful, you shall be rescued in Jesus' name. Nothing will defeat you. Do you believe it, church? Let's stand and pray. Lord, thank you. <coughs> thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that nothing, nothing, nothing will defeat us in Jesus' name. Thank you that nothing can come against us in fear. And if any fear comes and tries to hinder us, we will say, be gone in Jesus' name. You have no authority over us. Your canceled assignment is the only thing I'm thinking of. Hallelujah. May your assignment be canceled, fear, in the name of Jesus. And not only that, Lord, but we thank you that you see us with unlimited potential even if we're not our own best cheerleader, even if we've beat up our own selves with our own words and our own negativity, Lord, we thank you that you, Lord, see only the best. And Father, regardless of who we are, we thank you that you have a, a purpose for each and every one of us, Lord. Regardless of who we are, what we come from, our backgrounds, our failures, our victories, whatever it is, and maybe those, those failures seem like way more than the victories we've had in our life. Well, guess what? is if all we had was you, we'd have the biggest victory ever that surpasses all. So Lord, may we always come to you. May we always answer the call. May we always please your heart. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.